Network. Welcome back to another episode of VT Network. I'm your host, Deadman. With me, as always, the only man that has ever injected alcohol directly into his veins and lived, Mr. Mustard himself. How is it going, everybody? And yeah, we'll tell that story soon. You can't do it with beer, though. You got to do it with champagne. It's <laughs> bubbles cause air bubbles. Old mess. Yeah. And the man who got t- who got taken to third billing because the size of his penis weighed him down so much that he had to only take third, Mr. DJ. You know, I would have gotten that penis in small mitt, but it's just too damn expensive. Yeah. Tell Plus me you, about it, brother. You, you can't get rid of that thing, man. No, right? Uh, seriously. Sure those, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, I'm pretty sure that's how half the current football te- high school football team was conceived. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, we're not incriminating child support payments on this podcast. And yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, DJ has his own penis cast in the Smithsonian Museum, but they keep it in the basement because it's the only place it would fit. I'm sorry, but you just be too overwhelming. You know, one chick looks at it, the other one may get pregnant. <laughs> I don't know how it happens. It's just, it just happens. It, 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 it's, it's just a thing. It's a thing. So, did you finally get to watch Rise of Skywalker, DJ? Did I? No. Uh, God damn it. Uh, sorry. Been busy. We should just kick him off right now. <laughs> we'll be looking for a third host soon, folks. <laughs> I'm kidding. What 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 have you guys been playing? What have you guys been watching? What have you guys seen? Um, I I've been playing a lot of uh, GTA and a lot of Modern Warfare. A little bit of Rainbow Six here and there, but um, mainly just uh. GTA. Yeah, we gotta hit Rainbow Six up. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We can take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Deej? Uh, time. I, I've been replaying the uh, Call of Cthulhu video game. Again? That uh, Sinking City one or the other one? No, nah, the other one that came before. Oh. I'm only for the Sinking City to come out on GOG. Mm, okay. Nice. I've I've also been like really balls deep into the Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, you've been nice. uh, you've been exploring the lore, haven't you? Well, I, I gave it a break for a few months, and I'm deciding to try and catch up now. I guess there's a lot to it. There is. There's a lot to it. Yeah, speaking of Five Nights at Freddy, you know that freaking uh, you know that that movie, the the new movie, Banana Splits. Yeah. Was was actually yeah. uh, based on a uh, failed uh, Find Us at Freddy uh, script. Oh really, Mustard? What's going on with your mic? I don't know. I have no idea. I think his mic. You know, Is that better? Really yeah, much better. I don't know. Okay, there we go. I just no, have I to know. plug it. Yeah, Oops. I know what happened. That his mic was hear- hearing our earlier conversation about my penis, and those guys he was quivering in anticipation. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Not again. That's what it was. So what, but, um, what what was the movie that was based off a, a FNAF script? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot the original studio who was trying to make the uh, first Friday Night at Freddy movie, but uh, apparently one of the uh, rejected scripts they had for it was uh, 
turn into the new uh, Banana Splits movie. Hmm. The Banana Splits movie. We got to look at that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm curious. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually going to want to check that out. You know, the movie that could have been. The movie, yeah, Scott, movie that could have been. Scott Cawthon wrote a script, had it complete. It was like ready to start production. And then he fucking scrapped the whole thing. And um, I guess now we're waiting for the second one. I haven't really, I haven't really looked at it too much. Uh, I actually kind of wanted to do that on the show today. If we could like explore that real quick. If you, if you got a link that we can look at, yeah, no, m- most definitely. Uh, right. I hate, I, I just, I dislike, uh, I dislike uh, filling in our own information and our own wishes. You know what I mean? So rather go off of stuff we can see. But anyways, with that, let's get this show started. And, uh, well, you didn't say what you were playing, asshole. I was trying to. I was trying to get to that. I was. Uh, I've been delving into the Jedi lore like nonstop. But <laughs> let's. Uh, let's. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Oh man, I don't have mine today. <laughs> and I got There's a no bottle of water. I got a. I got a custom Slytherin cup to uh, sip this out of. Oh, shut the fuck up! I, I do though. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send a picture of it later uh, But let's get started uh, From surgery simulators to medical mishaps in space Video game tech is helping doctors at work And this is actually, this is kind of old news Why does her hand have so many fingers? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, maybe she's related to freaking uh, Stanford from uh, Gravity Wait, Falls that's, that's the normal amount of fingers Oh, okay. No, oh. what it was is like oh, yeah. right, right here. The angle was off. Yeah, the angle looked so funky that I was counting these fingers too. So I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> no, that's five. We're good. Four from Gravity Falls. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's a good reference. I like that reference. Uh, Justin Barrett never would have suggested that he'd help operate on a gorilla during his residency at the UCLA Medical Center, where he was training to be an orthopedic surgeon. Yet in 2014, the Los Angeles Zoo and Botanical Gardens needed specialists to help Jabari, a 400-pound gorilla who was limping and unable to put his weight on his leg. Uh, The surgery was successful, but it was a challenging endeavor for a team that didn't want to normally operate on animals. Well, you see, here's the problem. When Mustard gets drunk... He goes into zoos and fights zoo animals, and we can't account for his whereabouts. And I hang out with capybaras. You hang out with everybody. Hangs out with capybaras, bro. <laughs> um. So okay, uh, Deej. The zoo request. Uh, the zoo's request was an unusual one, even by industry standards. But un- unpredictably, is unpredictability is commonplace in the medical world. His experience with Jabari is one of many reasons Brad uh, or Brad or Barrett. Barrett. Barrett sought a solution for surgeons and doctors so often faced with the unknowns. These moments drove him to dedicate his careers to making surgery training more efficient by using video game technology. See? All you politicians and video game naysayers, we are literally helping out uh, with medical treatment. <laughs> Uh, suck I, I th- on that. Suck on that. I think Hengel put it the best. If you really think about it, surgery is just stabbing something to life. 
I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more to it than that. <laughs> At least I hope to God there's more to it than that. Oh, <laughs> fucking moron! <laughs> you can't be serious. I heard, I heard both of your brains. <laughs> oh boy, we just really started thinking oh, Demons over here. You know, both of your brains did the dial-up sound at the exact same time, and it was gorgeous. Oh god. <laughs> Mustard, please. Along with a team of software developers and medical experts, he founded the Oso 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 VR in 2016. It's an attempt to curb unpredictability, giving surgeons on-demand information via a virtual reality headset and tools to properly assess how to best handle surgery. Its success is hard to ignore. It was one of the time's best inventions of 2019, and according to a study done by the UCLA training, training with the Oso VR is 230 what 230% more efficient than traditional methods. Now, despite launching just three years ago for Oculus Rift, the virtual reality-based surgery training program is now used to train over a thousand surgeons a month worldwide. <laughs> Our surgeons are, betraying, are being trained by video games. How do we feel about this, gentlemen? Oh, I love this. <clears throat> I, I do what I, I do and I don't. Why don't you? Just because, like, I'm pretty sure, like, a simulation can't really put into like the magnitude and like caliber of stress that an actual surgery could be you know what i mean like i'm i'm pretty sure two would be way different no uh i would i would prefer a very sterile environment versus like like if everything's routine then that that means that uh predictability of results is going to be much more favorable Rather than, you know, somebody's going in and being like, oh, God, oh, fuck, oh, shit, and then their own trembling. Like in that episode of Scrubs, when Turk nicks the guy's artery or vein because he was nervous. Uh, he nicks his colon. Was it his colon? I don't remember what it was yeah. exactly, but he nicks something. and uh, But that was that was from fear. So if something becomes routine... Like like video games and stuff like that, then that means that a lot of the fear is going to be taken out, and you're going to be concentrated a lot more on the method rather than the panic. What about you, DJ? Uh, yeah. Although I understand what Mustard is saying, the uh, I think the point of really of all this just basically just to get the get used to the basics. Get used to the basics. Get you know get yourself familiar with everything, and then. But because of the more unpredictability and stuff like that, you'll and probably you probably practice more... on a dead guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, be better prepared for it. Hmm. So as far as this goes, I'm all for it. <sighs> well, also, I've been trained to be a surgeon all these years. <laughs> right? It's my, it's my time to shine, boys. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're going medical. <laughs> I played uh... Surgeon Simulator. I got this. <laughs> no. Right? Old? No. No. <laughs> No. Come on, guys. We talk. Hey, guys. Guys, come on, guys. <laughs> All right, let's see. Triple this. heart bypass. Don't worry. Got you. it. Go on break. I got this. <laughs> Who, who's who the you? fat guy in the surgery? Yeah. Room? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> just, just hear like. Remember, like, remember, like the medical theaters when you guys went to school, and the guys always had that little tiny little microphone by their mouth. 
Um, mine didn't have a microphone. <laughs> oh, he was just yelling at the, the top of his yeah, lungs. Just, <laughs> just gotta hear real well, brother. What? We're doing the carotid artery. Did you say we're going to an after party? Fuck you guys, That's what just I heard. watch. Just just watch. <laughs> yeah, just read the fucking slides. That's what I did. <laughs> I just I just had I just had this vision of mustard in the, in the surgery room with like that little microphone on. You know, just a fat guy breathing into it the whole time. Just, <sighs> <sighs> oh god, that's his uh <laughs> that's his ACL. Hold on, I gotta move that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a steady fucking. <laughs> One of the hairs from my mustache got caught okay. in my screen guard. Okay. How yeah. the heck did you manage that? I move this around. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. <laughs> I'm not nervous. <laughs> it's just how I breathe. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I mean, like <laughs> he's fucking dying. I mean, like okay, like like uh, of all the medical, of all the medical professions to train in virtual reality and train via a video game, surgery and anatomy and stuff like that should be one of them. I don't like DJ has has education in psychology and and psych classes. I don't think him going up against the fucking a Turing test computer. Would benefit him very much. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, imagine like, imagine like, you know, getting your psych degree by fucking asking a fucking chatbot something. <laughs> hey DJ, how'd you get your degree? Oh, well, I played Waifu Simulator. And I know everything about the female mind. <laughs> that's how that works. Everybody knows that's how that works. I'm sorry, that was his cadence was just so perfect. Sounded so like happy. Like. Yeah, it sounded so. It sounded like that was it. That was a that was an opium opening at a symposium. You know, and now I know everything. And now about I know everything mind. about the female mind. <laughs> Are you going back to further your education? Well, the two update. Nah. The, the 2.0 update for Waifu Simulator comes out in two months. Oh, to keep up with the times. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what's popping then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see what's popping. You're a doctor, quite... sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Although I'm not quite. Although I'm not quite sure how pixels can get pregnant, but I'm pretty sure they're pregnant. Oh God, no! <laughs> oh, God, Do you jizz on your keyboard enough times. Oh no! Yeah, that's why. That's why he always. That's why he's always late to the call. He's always trying to hit the accept button and it just gets stuck. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of getting I stuck in a funny up. position, what is that face? That's Batman. He heard our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> He's disgusted. <laughs> He's going to come kick our ass. No, seriously. Like, what the fuck are you, freaks? <laughs> yeah, no, <he's> like... <laughs> uh, I don't like him. Alfred. Give me their location. 
Oh, God. No, Mr. Bats, please. Oh, fuck. Well, we lived a good life, boys. We're not going to be able to speak. I have so many of your books. (laughs) Honestly, would you fight Bats? Fuck no. I would would just take that first punch and then just lay down. I would not try to get up. Just out. (laughs) Yeah, just so I could say that I got fucking punched by Batman and then just lay down. So you're going, you're going the route that I talked about a little while ago. You know, get that Fucking first hit and just pretend to be down. Yeah. Like even if he Not misses pretend. it, just like even if he misses it, just oh no. <laughs> now I want to make sure I feel that bitch. Like I want to make sure I feel the impact. Fucking thank you. <laughs> just, just, just holding onto his fist. Being a big fan. <laughs> you tap it, a, tap it a couple times. <laughs> Love you. They get weirder and weirder every day. <laughs> Deej, what about you? Would you take on bats? Yes, I would. You you fight the bats? I'd actually, try. Yes, I'll actually try to fight Batman. I'm dying to hear this, please. Alright. What if he does that move that makes you shit yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you kidding? That'd be in the first five seconds. Right? No, I'm, I'm dying. Come on. Like, where, where's, where's, where's the logic behind this? I want to hear it. Oh, well. Well, the thing is, is that I imagine that I'd probably fight bats under the right circumstances. Like, for example, I had nothing left to live for, and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> Suicide by bat. I love it. You're just terminally, terminally ill. You found out there's just no, there's, there's nothing more, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna go out, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also go out for a, a Playboy billionaire with a trillion dollar suit. God, you know, uh, Gotham City doesn't have assisted suicide. So, what's your plan, DJ? I'm gonna become a crime lord. Why? <laughs> Batman. Because the test results just came in, boys. I'm terminal. <laughs> the test results just came in, boys. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, you know, um, well, uh, DJ has an inch on Bats. Bats is six foot two. He's uh, also got like six inches on bets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Batman just slips in, like from the from the from the glass ceiling. All right, DJ, it's oh god, put that away. When you stop wrestling your pet snake, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, damn it, Bats! I'm still getting the costume. <laughs> Wait, what's your super villain name? Anaconda. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, I'm sorry. No, Black Anaconda. Oh, <laughs> Isn't Black the bomb my... deadlier? Yeah, but it's not as big. <laughs> I, use, I use my long whip to slap other, other, women's, uh, other women's husbands around. Sure, it's a whip. My guy, it doesn't look like a whip. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, why is it crawling near me? 
It's like the, the deadliest viper in the uh, series of unfortunate events. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. No. Anyways, what's this article about, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd fight bets, but only because I want to know. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about you. Yeah, I, only because I want to know. You know what I mean? How hard he can hit? Well, I mean, not only that, it's just how good he is. Because bats are, are like the more realistic bats that we've had, like uh, Christian Bale and um, and Batfleck. Like the more realistic ones, the ones that aren't all fucking, you know, judo chop. They take hits. They get hit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I want to see how fucking good they are, especially with like the Christian Bale bats. Because bat- he gets knocked around a lot. Like if you remember well, when he's when he's trying to get Bane to the literally gangster, breaks his fucking back. <clears throat> well, when he's trying to get to the gangster boss at the nightclub, you, you can see like several of the thugs hit him with a bottle. Uh, like they get hits in on him. So I want to know. I want to know just how good he is. Uh, but if we're talking about like Arkham City games or Arkham Asylum games, I'm probably gonna uh-huh. do a mustard and just go down with the first punch. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking in my head when you said would you fight. I wasn't thinking about Christian Bale. Yeah, well, I'm even though movie bales, like the movie bats. <laughs> hey, bales, movie bales, show bales. <laughs> Christian Bale. No, like, <laughs> um, I I feel like no. Nah, I, I always think about the games because the games, the games are like the truest Batman to me, honestly. Because he has he has like a good sense of humor, and he has like a. A way of talking to people that's just like like different than any other like Batman we have like in the movies or you know what I mean. Well, I, I think that's because they incorporate a lot of uh, a lot of the staff from the animated series. What do you mean? Oh, like yeah, I feel no, no, but like is it the same voice? Yes, yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy, and the oh, same nice. voice, I... the same voice for uh, Commissioner Gordon Joker. Joker. Yeah, a, a lot of the staff, including some of the writing staff, went to the Arkham Asylum games. Yeah, to be told, uh, the Arkham the Arkham games, like if you know the history between the animated series, is that the the, the writers of the show wanted to take the series like a lot darker. Like, uh, yeah. like for one thing, like they, you know, the, the, but the producer said no, Joker can't kill anybody, you know, or he can't, or he can't be, you know, this much, and so they had to tone down a lot. In a lot of ways, the Arkham games is kind of like the animated series if the writers were just allowed to do what they wanted. What it was supposed to be. Yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the scarecrow stuff was supposed to be seriously nightmarish, but they had to tone it down for the cartoon show. And what you <laughs> see in the, like what you see in the games, like with the with the rotting flesh and all that, that's what they the wanted it to be. A giant scarecrow they had to tiptoe around and shit. Yeah. God, that's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, all right. But um, all right, boys. Looks like I'm playing Batman today. <laughs> <laughs> right though. Uh, so let's take a look at this. Finally, sorry we get to, we we get carried away. Uh, WB Games Montreal teases Batman Court of Owls game. Oh hell yeah, dude! It's about I'm time fu- we play this. Dude, I'm Crusader. fucking down. Rather you know, yeah. Dead. Like I admit, I will be all with this game. Like the first two, I I thought it was good. Uh, Origin, yeah. We don't Night. talk about Origin. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Or, yeah, or Origin got for a reason. Night. I'm sorry, I can't stand that. Fucking Batmobile shit. Arkham Knight, but, yeah. Arkham but the Knight Court of Owls. Yeah, yeah, right. But the Court of Owls, I admit, like, I'm in. 
if they even do just a fraction of what that that faction uh, is capable of, I am so in. Uh, for those of you wondering what the Court of Owls is and why we're kind of uh, painting our walls right now, the Court of Owls is probably outside of the longest Halloween, uh, or the long the Halloween. Most gruesome one. One of the most gruesome, mind-bending comic books <clears throat> to ever be released, and Batman is the victim of all of it, and it is, it is fucking brutal. In fact, uh, we have confirmation from DC and several of the writers that the, the Court of Owls is actually uh, the only comic book outside of the Long Halloween, which was a standalone, uh, that could have broken bats had it gone one way. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because didn't he like? Didn't he um, get drugged and like he was like on four days not sleeping and like got fucking buried alive? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot. Yeah, it was basically like ladies and gentlemen. Like basically, if you want to know why Gotham City is like so fucked up the way it is, like everything, like like everything that you know Batman has ever had to go through, have, that Gotham City had to go through, it almost goes back to these people. These almost people are always, literally, yeah. yeah these yeah. people are literally the origin of Gotham. That's how. Uh, that's how significant the Court of Owls is. Oh, but they can never contain one person. Nope. Crazy guy in a bat suit. Uh, no, the other one. His antithesis. Oh. Crazy guy. Crazy clown guy in clown makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's and that's a that's an interesting byproduct. Did they ever talk about that in the comics? How he's the reason that they went to relegation. How they were relegated out yeah. of ex- almost out of existence because of the Joker. Yeah. Oh, they talked about yeah. it. Yeah, they talk about how like scared scared they are of him and shit. Oh, like, God. I gotta, I gotta, read, I haven't read these in years. So oh, dude, the, yeah, I have all of them on my phone. You gotta send me the link. All right, so the critically came, the critically acclaimed Batman Arkham series ended with the release of 2015's Arkham Knight. Thankfully, Ugh. now after months of silence, developer WB Games Montreal is once again teasing a new game featuring the Cape Crusader. A teaser image for the next Batman title developed by WB Games Montreal came out Thursday. Earlier the day, the, tw- the developer's Twitter account posted a partial image with a phrase, uh, Cape sur la nuit, uh, capture the night. Um, the expectation for the next Batman game is that it will focus on the Court of Owls. In the comics, the Court is a secret society in Gotham that tried to kill Batman and Commissioner Gordon and the cops, the FBI, President of the United States, <laughs> uh, J. Edgar Hoover, the list goes on. There's been no official announcement for a new game, but one could be made at the Game Developers Conference in March or at E3. And there it is, dude. <clears throat> Look at that. Nice. Oh, and they changed I'm it. So they changed it. Look what it is. Look what it says. Redacted. Uh huh. I'm so excited. All right. Yeah. Uh, Deej. WB Games Montreal first teased the new Batman game last September. When it tweeted a short video following different uh, crests related to the Court of Isles, a page on the developer's website has has spots for several more to go along with the crests already revealed. Oh, I am so in. I want to click it. I'm Do clicking it. it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a click whore of this show. Like, I've noticed that, oh, 
Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, we know what that symbol is. That one. <laughs> the dark side? No, no, that's not dark side. Wait, no, not dark. Who was that? Sorry. The triad. Is it? Yeah, the, <clears throat> the, the Red Clan. Oh, oh right, that's right, 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 That's their symbol? Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure we saw, we didn't see Raja Ghouls in there, which is interesting. So well, wasn't he taking care of in the, the, sec, the second game? Uh, City? <laughs> Raja, well, he doesn't really die. Raja well, that's Ghoul true, he always die. comes back. <clears throat> but let's, uh, that's neat. Batman's still disgusted with us, though. Ah, oh, man. You got all this talk about fighting. Uh, <laughs> speaking of fighting, uh, Call of Duty community pleads with Activision to support Australia Fire Relief. Uh, having just released an Australian-centric bundle of cosmetic content in Modern Warfare, the Call of Duty community is requesting that all benefits be donated to the Australian fire relief efforts by Infinity Ward. Um, while the gaming community has come together in a number of heartfelt ways in support of the recent bushfire crisis impacting Australia, dedicated Call of Duty players are pleading Activision pleading for Activision to focus their efforts in kind. Similar to recent suggestions that gain traction in the Overwatch landscape, uh, Modern Warfare's avid community is requesting that all, prof all profits from the latest Season 1 uh, content drop be donated to Fire Release from Australia. Uh, so, go ahead, Mustard. <clears throat> Releasing the January 8th title update, Infinity Ward introduced two new cosmetic content bundles to Modern Warfare's in-game store. The collection titled Wolfpack features two unique weapons, skins, an emblem, and a new calling card themed around wolves. Additionally, the second bundle, Outback, is surprisingly Australia-centric with this prominent notice on the home screen. The bundle is promoted with a sniper standing amidst Aussie bushland. Hmm. Interesting. Think they'll follow through with it? Uh, I'm not sure. Do you just take this? We'll we'll talk about it. In a second. They actually uh, they actually did already. <clears throat> oh, good. Uh, it already says. <clears throat> I'm looking at it on Twitter. It says 100 percent of the profits will be donated to help relief efforts. <clears throat> good to know. So I'll if you're COD, so if you're a COD player that wants to help out with Australia, buy the Outback relief skin. I'm gonna. Australia has more deadly species than anywhere else. Really? Hmm. Yes. Yep. Per capita. Hmm, fair enough. The deadliest humans. Oh boy. Should have finished that before I say anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, that just kind of put everything full stop. Yeah. Right. All right. The accompanying text reads, a larger content pack collecting all manners of co cosmetic items from operator skins to finishing moves. Each of the new additions are entirely themed around the sunburnt country. Added into the game, while Australia's endure the worst bushfire season the, the nation has, has ever seen, 
COD fans are requesting Activision donate all profits from their from these particular cosmetics directly to fire relief efforts across the continent. And huh. um, this is this is really cool. I mean, because like this is not the first time gamers get together to demand something of a company, and the company does it. We have uh, <clears throat> oh hell no. Uh, when uh, when uh, one one developer a few years ago died, I think he was from Two K or Gearbox. He died in a horrific car crash. Had a brand new baby. Had a wife. Left them both uh, uh, without without income, without able without able to sustain themselves. Uh, the entire gaming community got together and raised four million dollars. Uh, most of it going to a fund for his kid to go to college. Four million dollars. You don't need that much to go to college. Jesus Christ. Well, no, like a majority of it was for the kid. Uh, to go to college, and a lot of it was for uh, family to like live on. Yeah, to support themselves and to bury uh, the. the <clears throat> so w- gamers like, and this is funny because l- last week we were last week or the week before we were we were reading something about how how much gamers harass people. Yeah, and here we are reading about altruistic gamers, and three of us right now they're, they're going to go buy that fucking Australian <clears throat> that Australian content to benefit somebody. And you know, I just think this is this is a really cool side of gaming that not a lot of people see. But we are a gaming podcast. Not about, a lot of people pay attention to. Give the chance to fucking read about. Yeah, or acknowledge. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> so garnering a lot of attention online, popular content creators have even chimed in and suggested that the publisher hop on board and support the cause. Blake Sissel of Team Summertime and Energy. Emphasized, it would be insanely cool to see proceeds of these Outback Bundle benefit uh, the Australian wildfire relief. Uh, while countless fans have gestured in support of the movement in their own posts, an Activision representative responded to uh, Cecil's tweet shortly after. I know this is for a good cause as well as considering what's happening. I'll let the teams know on my end as well. And we already mm-hmm. have confirmation, do we, uh, Mustard? Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. just looked at it. Yeah, we have confirmation that um, it works. It went it, through. It, it's it's going through. Like this is happening. So I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna pitch in. I know I know you two are. Like that that goes without saying. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> this is uh, this is cool, and I'm really glad that this uh, that uh, uh, that Deej brought this to to the podcast because after last week, this is really refreshing to see. Well, after hearing how horrible gamers are, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. So, yeah, no, I think we I think we fucked around enough on that one. So let's dead that and move on. Uh, in entertainment news, Golden Globes read Ricky Gervais's. Scathing opening monologue, and this was fucking beautiful. <laughs> this was gorgeous. I love Ricky Gervais for more than one reason, uh, a lot of reasons. We agree on a lot of things. Not not a, not a lot of things politically, believe it or not, but a lot of things. Um, there's a. He's he's a comedian. He's a British comedian. Very 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 dry sense of humor, very foul mouth, and he gives absolutely zero fucks. Zero fucks. 
uh, he's um, th- th- this was his last time uh, hosting uh, the Golden Globes, and he's never wanted to do it, which is something that he's always been uh, very adamant about. He's very he's he's always always just said that he doesn't want to do it, but here he is. So I think this is this I think this is a full video. Do you guys want to do you want to you guys want to watch this or read it? Uh, I'll look at the video. You know exactly. Mustard. I mean, uh, how long? How long is the video? Yeah, seven yeah, I mean, minutes. I um, think it's going to take us just as long to read through it. Okay. So let's uh zoom this out just a little bit. There we go. So, if you do win an award, uh, no, that's just an answer. All right, so I guess we're reading through it, guys. Or we could just look it up on YouTube. Uh, you right. think we'll have it? Yeah. It's YouTube. How could they not? I don't know. Considering how much YouTube has been, uh, uh, you know, taking everything down. You know, that's true. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I just typed in RIC. So it's an eight minute video. Your FBI guy knows you very well. <laughs> Thank you, FBI guy. Uh, and it, oh my god, this one's put up by NBC. Wow, they have the balls. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the 77th Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. Um, With alcohol in front of you, you know what's going to happen. You'll be oh, pleased yeah. to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards. So pleased to know. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, nope, never did. NBC clearly don't care either. Fifth time. So, I mean, <laughs> Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. <laughs> Lucky for me, the I mean, Hollywood he doesn't even have a tie on. barely speak English. And they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So, <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. He's um, not wrong. But you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no. Uh, the one who got locked up for the, the college, it's the a, college it's fraud. It's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, yeah, lots um, of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? <laughs> Look, at this table alone. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... Look at him, there's like, oh, crap. Baby uh, his radar. Oh, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that um, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. <laughs> he's coming for you. He's coming for you. <laughs> Look, talk Look at him, he's like, oh God. It was a big year. Everyone's so uncomfortable. It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. Oh, Shout no. out. 
Wow. Ah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, Many talented pissed. people of colour yeah. were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, <laughs> fifth time. So... Oh God, look at Tom Hanks. Doesn't know we what to were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. Oh no. It was oh. mostly white people. And Come I thought, on, nah, Ricky. Not on my watch. So, <laughs> maybe next year. Let's. Let's see what uh, happens. Ricky, come on. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show oh, should no. just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could oh, binge no, watch Ricky. the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. Okay? Jesus. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no he really means it. I know he's your friend, plan, but I don't care. Right. But m seriously, most films are awful. Lazy. Remakes. Sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that would just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one then. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh no! All the best actors oh. have jumped to Netflix and HBO, <laughs> you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. Oh, they wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids. Really? Have we got a Have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. No point. We know we'd win that. Um, Oh, Martin no. Scorsese, oh, the greatest living director, Ooh, made the news for uh -huh. his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> you like, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> the Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, that, it was. My fact, my, it was great. Uh, oh, look long, at Clinton. But amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Damn. God He's coming Lee, after yeah. everyone. Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. Oh, no. Oh, You're nearly no. 50, son. Um, oh. The world got <laughs> to see James Corden as a fat pussy. He was Cats. also in the movie Cats. But yeah. <laughs> no one saw that. Um, and the reviews. Oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play. Because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> do it. Do it! Because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg, and licking her... Oh. Damn! Look at Chris Evans. 
Furball. Furball. Oh. She's old school. Um, She's old school. <laughs> it's the last time. Who cares? <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck, dude. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama. Yeah. This is fucking. A oh my god. Is this almost over? Dignity this is crazy. Doing the right thing. Made honest. by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, oh, fuck you me. say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, oh, right, shit. come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and, and fuck off. Oh, so, God. It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. <laughs> the first award is for best actor in a television series, musical or comedy. To present the award are a couple of actors off the telly. What can I say? Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Jesus <laughs> like, give me like drink. Christ. Okay, first, first off, kudos to NBC for actually posting it up. No shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. They, that you know, was what? that was hard to watch, dude. I'm not gonna say that was hard to watch. That was fucking gorgeous. He went after everyone. You know, I can see why this is the, the most talked about uh, event uh, right now. Oh man, so yeah, I'm sorry. You were saying, you were saying, DJ. No, I, I, mean, I was just saying, like, you know, like I said, kudos for the NBC to actually having the balls to post it up. It's, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's like, you know, you know, why fight it? Here you go. Oh, man. And, like, uh, I, mustard, I love Ricky. So, so Mustard, uh, what, was so, what was so cringeworthy about it? Uh, it was very, like... I don't know, man. It's very uh, brave. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Ricky Gervais is found in a bathtub hotel, in a hotel bathtub, fucking suicide. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like the quote unquote suicide. He exactly. Just like Epstein. Oh, fuck. No, we're not doing Jeffrey Epstein jokes on this fucking podcast. Uh, we just you just let Ricky Gervais do one so you can fuck right off, sir. Well he's much funnier. I don't have nope, nope, nope. Don't give a fuck. It was already on here. You have no. a point, Dead Man. No, I'll screw you too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to make those jokes with fucking video he just went in it. Fuck off. Oh shut up. Anyway. You even laughed at his version of it. I don't understand. No, I groaned. I groaned at it. I was like, eh. I laughed at the idea when he said, "He, we, I know he's your friend. I don't care." I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> Jesus fuck!" Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what. What else is there to say? He destroyed the entire room that night. You know, I hope he gets a. I hope he gets a sequel. I want him back. I want. Uh, 
I don't think they're going to have him back after that oh, one. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> he do more awards. <laughs> yeah, he needs to do more awards. They need to. They need to. They need to bring him for anybody that needs to be taken down a peg or two, or five, uh, or five. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ricky. That was that was wonderful. I like. I really like that last thing that they said though. It's like you guys don't even know what the fucking real world's like anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, like what, what's funny is that you know uh, a lot of people on on a, on a certain political spectrum are applauding that like what he did to Hollywood. Like how he took everybody down, and I'm like, do you really want to applaud him? Because I don't think you know who he is or what he stands for. I'm like, he said one thing that you agree with once. <laughs> I don't think you want to. I don't think you want to hop on the Gervais bandwagon, there, guys. I think it was just uh, well. If I'm gonna think again, I think it was just more like at least someone on their own level, a fellow entertainer, said it to their face on national. On national television. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie that he did it, and I'm not going to even like deny his his right to say it. What I'm saying that you know, he's not the first one, but he's the first one of intellect. I'll say that. You know what I mean? Like the the other people that we've seen uh, say this kind of thing that are entertainers, we look at them and we're 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 all we're all kind of collectively going. I don't think you have the mental capacity to speak on this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a certain rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I get you. I think I get you, man. Monster, do you get what I mean? Uh, yeah, I do. So, so uh, we we know we know Ricky is highly intelligent, well spoken. This guy writes books, poetry. You know what I mean? And uh, on, on the other end, we got. Somebody who, who who was a complete fucking fraud and made himself rich on it. So I, I think I'm gonna take Ricky's word. You know what I mean? But uh, let's move on from that. Uh, speaking of rocks, Chris Rock says his Saw movie has humor, but it's not scary movie. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like, I was like, is there? Was an, like, I was like, isn't there an A missing right there? <laughs> No, it's not a scary movie like the movie. Uh, they they need more. They need a, the the quotations. Where's the quotations? Fucking idiots. Um, <clears throat> the upcoming Chris Rock's uh, produced Saw spinoff will be a horror film with a sprinkling of humor here and there, but it will not go to a scary movie level comedy. IGN's David Griffin asked Rock at recent Television Critics Association press why he wanted to get involved in the Saw franchise. He responded by saying that he thinks that even a couple of jokes can make a huge difference in a TV show or film. Yeah, we know that. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Mustard, please. <clears throat> a lot of times I go to a movie or watch a TV show and I go, wow, you know, two jokes would have made a big difference in that, Rock explained. I love Saw, but I was like, wow, it has almost no humor at all. So it seemed like a good place, a good fertile ground, by the way. The new Saw I've seen like a rough cut. It's still Saw, it's bloody, it's gory, but there's like a sprinkling of humor here and there. We're not revamping it. It's not scary movie. It's Saw. I mean, that kind of gets me kind of gets me hopeful for it you know what i mean like I'm, i understand what he's trying to say you know like like I mean, look uh, at it look at it yeah you know like that's 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 what i'll go to here is like that movie is still scary as shit 
but it has you laughing as well. It's really weird balance, and I bet it's hard to fucking find, but that's <laughs> what they're going to go for. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Deej, what do you think? What, what, what kind of a what kind of a movie do you think is still scary, but has a, like that touch of comedy that makes it just that much better? Because mm, I don't mind. Uh, mm, mm, that's a good question. It I is, know yours too. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good example. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a really good example because, yeah, it, it's hard to uh, maintain that balance because it's so edge because they're, they're really like polar opposites of each other. So, but yeah, it, I, I yeah, I think it's pretty, yeah, I think it's like it, it has that right balance between the <laughs> horror and comedy. Okay, Dead Man's yeah. gonna say his is Evil Dead. Actually, I was gonna say Cabin in the Woods. Oh, well, uh, same thing. I was about to say though, it's it's essentially the same thing though. I was like, that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah, you're right. Although I can't see it, but oh, it's it's I, a I'm horror sorry. comedy. I'm it's sorry, a, dude. It's black comedy. Look, I I get it. Other people other people think that, but I they killed the horror for me. Literally, I mean, it, everybody else in the world is like, this is a horror comedy. There was five people on the polls. Good God. Oh, no, I'm talking about IMDb, I'm talking about oh. reviewers, I'm talking about categorically where it's where, where it shelved the DVD. Yeah, DJ. Yes. Sorry for thinking different, you know, sorry for having you a should be. And being an individual. You should be. You know what, take a lap. <laughs> take a, go, take a <laughs> lap and go sit down. Eat your goddamn marshmallows. <laughs> wow, oh my god. Eat your goddamn uh, strudel. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're not going there. No, we're not going there. No, no, I think it's too late. I think I think I, I, think I feel it. I think I feel the cold. <laughs> DJ, no, what? No, you don't. DJ, DJ, what what the, the language 19th. did I send happy Christmas and happy New Year to the group chat? The language that if things went right, that the world no. would be speaking of right now. <laughs> Rock was obviously referencing the 2000 comedy Scary Movie starring Sean and Marlon Wayans and a Ferris and Regina Hall that was a parody of such horror films as Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. Uh, Rock will also star in the film Not as a, a police detective investigating crimes most likely tied to the Jigsaw Killer and Samuel Jackson will be playing his father, of course. We think the curiosity factor alone of this new Saw film will make, us a, will make it a success at the box office with a potential franchise record debut and domestic take. But, I mean, that's that's the issue, is that they're taking a big fucking risk. And I, I'm, I'm the one who mm-hmm. says that if you want a good horror movie, get a comedy guy to write it. Look, uh, you know, I'm calling yeah. it right now. Samuel L. Jackson's going to be the comedy element. Wait, this is Samuel Jackson's Jigsaw's father? Is that what they said? No, no, no. Uh, Jinx, uh, Samuel Jackson would be playing Chris Rock's father. Well, I'm, I'm, what'd you say, DJ? I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, I think Sam Jackson's going to be the comedy element here because he, you know, he can do that seriousness, but you can't help but laugh as well. And uh, no, I think I think he's the comic, uh, comedy element right there. I don't know man. because he, because like I said, I mean, the way he is, and you know, you can take him seriously, but you know, he can make you laugh like in the same sentence. Yeah, kind of like Django well. Unchained. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's the case. I think he's the comedy element because he can pull it off. Because he pulls it off very well. 
And I think that's how we're going to get that blend. Huh. I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious, but they're, they're, they're putting a lot of weight on this. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're relying heavily on this, uh, this, uh, this star factor. And not so much the horror factor. Kind of like the opposite of what um, Saw was originally up- meant to do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Upgrade. Upgrade also went the opposite way. It relied really heavily on the gore factor and didn't concentrate on the story. Yeah, the action. Uh, yeah, it relied really heavily on the action, which was so minuscule in the movie. Wicked. Wicked good, but... Still not not as big a part as it as they got made out to be. So uh, let's move on here. Uh, Doctor Strange two director drops out. The director and uh, studio split over creative differences, and I understand considering that this is this is supposed to be Marvel the MCU's first horror movie. That's what they've been billing it as. So director, really? yeah. Director Scott Derrickson announced he and Marvel Studios are splitting up over creative differences and he's stepping down from directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, Mustard? Mm. Derrickson, who directed the first Doctor Strange movie in 2016 in Marvel Studios, issued a joint confirmation that he will no longer be directing the planned Doctor Strange sequel. Derrickson tweeted that he will remain as an executive producer on the project. The film is scheduled to release May 7th, 2021. Hmm. That's a long time from now. Yeah. Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness due to creative differences. I'm thankful for our collaboration and will remain on as EP. And even uh, he even signed it on. Look at that. Hmm. That's cool. Um. Let's see here. All right, here you go. Uh, DJ, please. Before directing Doctor Strange, Dickinson was best known for directing horror movies, including Sinister and The Exorcism of Emily Rose. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> Gets under your skin, doesn't it? It really, really does. My brother has like a supernatural fear of that movie for some reason. I don't like it. Really? Don't like it. Hmm. <laughs> I can't blame you. It was about supernatural fear, but I hate it too. Pegasus Doctor Strange movie introduced the character into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and was praised for its distinct and trippy visuals. Which makes sense as it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's kind of in the title. <laughs> you know? Um <clears throat> Yeah, uh he, he could have done it. He could have pulled off a a horror film, but Yeah, there it is right there. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and keep it going, Deej. When Marvel and Dickinson announced the the Doctor Strange sequel, the director was quick to emphasize how it would be the MCU's first horror movie. Star Benedict Cumberbatch also talked uh, talked up how the project was looking to introduce some scares into the MCU. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. At least with this character. Why not? You remember the witch hunts? Oh, I remember. It's just that it's just so weird, you know. After everything. They went through Infinity War, Thanos. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's the, like the witch hunts were after Thanos. Thanos. I know, I know, I, I know. It's just that I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from a movie's perspective, not a comic one. It's just like one of those, you know, this guy helped beat Thanos. What should he have to fear? <laughs> it, it, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's like it's one of those, <clears throat> and it's like, 
You it's think it, you possible. think it's like Superman where he uh he like who the fuck can beat him, so why even bother? In a in a weird way. Or rather, you know, after Thanos, how am I supposed to like you no know, take this whatever it's supposed to be uh, seriously, you know? Uh well I mean okay, so uh a lot of a lot of folks that listen to us uh, aren't familiar with like the big background of Doctor Strange. We've seen the we've seen the origin movie, but uh Doctor Strange also got locked into a dimension where time doesn't move and he was locked in there for what a thousand years or something like that something like that and uh for those thousand years all he did was practice magic and fight off beasts that were trying to eat his soul (laughs) that's all he did for a thousand years day in and day out He, he didn't sleep he went he went insane he went mad uh so the multiverse of madness and, and uh, could be coming after what's known as the witch hunt trials, or was it the witch trials or the witch hunt trials? Was it witch hunt? Yeah, either one. Uh, it was this big epicenter in the Doctor Strange comic books, where people like Strange were being hunted down and uh, murdered. And uh, the reason it was so important was because Doctor Strange saw the line of logic. And the line of logic started with people like Strange, the wizards, the sorcerers, yada yada, and started going into superheroes, started going into uh, Romanov and, uh, and Tony and, and, and Cap and all these other folks. And that the witch hunt wouldn't stop with Strange and his ilk. So... That's the whole reason that the, the whole witch hunt thing was so cool and so scary was because these creatures thought themselves as purists. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, it, it could be. If they know how to do it or if they, they got somebody like that on board, that could be easily done. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, what do you, well, what do you think, the, Mustard? Come well, on. they have the right director for it, so if they could pull it off, he'd be, he'd be the one. I'm not very familiar with Stephen Strange's story, but um, <clears throat> I'm excited for this movie to come out uh, if they have the right director. And I think they had the right director, but uh, Marvel probably fucked it, so yeah. He, he, I'm, I have a feeling they didn't want him to go too dark, and that's where he was trying to go. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, there's no, there's no halfway. If you're gonna make this a real horror film, you gotta go all the way. We gotta keep, we gotta keep the numbers at the box office yeah. up, guy. Can't go that low. Yeah, see, here's here's a big one right there. That name right there. Oh yeah. So it's not the first time that they've uh, they've not come Ida. Uh, and a lot of a lot of Ant Man. Uh, it says here Edgar Wright left Ant Man in 2014 over creative differences, and that was a big fail because a lot of the, a lot of the humor in Ant Man came from Edgar Wright. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Edgar Wright, think Shaun of the uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Baby Hot Driver, Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Those are all Edgar Wright movies. So uh, that's a, that's a guys, shame. It's a shame. Yeah, every time I watch these movies, I learn something new about movie making. It's incredible. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is this is a shame. But who would you, who would you guys pick to replace him? Because I know who I would, I know who I would pick. Guillermo del Toro. You'd pick Guillermo. Wow. I would. Okay, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Deej, what about you? 
Honestly, I don't know. Well, somebody who knows big scales in horror. No, he's more subtle. Uh, nah, I'm about to think about that. I, I, I'd bring him back out of uh, MCU retirement. Sam Raimi. Hmm. Interesting choice. I thought so. So while you continue to think on yours, the, uh, Mustard, why, why, why Gilbo? That's so interesting. I want to hear it. Well, just because, like, you know, I feel like Doctor Strange is a very, um, you know, it's a very psychological thriller movie. Very cerebral. Even the first one. Yeah, even the first one is. And I feel like Guillermo plays with imagery and does hallucinations well. So I feel like creating that fantasy world for the trials would be, you know, probably like fit him perfectly, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, he he like uh, I was actually telling uh, I was actually telling uh, the last person I went to see in with the daughter movie with. I was like, uh, I didn't even know he was on the staff, but I was uh, we were watching it. And I was like, this looks like El Montaldoro, and they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, he has a certain palette, like a, a color palette that he works. He likes within. gray. He, he likes, likes a lot of gray, gray and green and blue. Yeah. It's a very monochromatic thing, and a lot of his reds are very, 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 very vibrant, and his golds are so dulled over. So he has a very specific palette. And we were watching the movie, and I was like, this looks like a Del Toro movie. And yeah, sure enough, the credits started to roll, and I was like, ah, knew it. <laughs> so seeing seeing Stephen Strange and his just his color palette working with the Strange universe would be really interesting. <laughs> what about Martin Scorsese? Let's get his, let's get him to fucking direct it. Let's get that tiny fuck on board. Nah, fuck that guy. Okay, so Deej, come on, you've had enough time, man. Uh, probably Ridley Scott, circa late seventies. Not now. No, not now. Why not <laughs> now? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel it with him. Nowadays, you think he lost his touch? I think he did. I hmm. think this age is you will water them down. I honestly think, uh, I don't think that I don't think it was age, I think it was people just sucking his dick because of his name. I think that's a water, yep, probably. You know, yeah, I guess maybe his ego just got probably just fucking, I don't have to try as hard, yeah, that you know, and that's why I would, you know, that's why I would say 70s Ridley Scott because 70s Ridley Scott. His attention to detail is impeccable. Yeah. He would make sure everything was strategic mapped, uh, mapped out. And something like Doctor Strange, especially like, you know, the uh, it, it, during his time of madness, it was a lot of the little details that you noticed. And Ridley Scott, you know, in his prime, will be able to capture all of that. Oh, and, and for those of you wondering why the, the multiverse of madness is so important, this might be a way to bring everybody back. Including Gamora, including Natasha. So, I mean, maybe. Uh, well, no, the, the 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 multiverse does exist within several places. One which might include the Soul Stone. We've had that confirmed that it might might include the Soul Stone. So, 
That's pretty cool. We'll move on, though. Oh, no, um, no. It exists. If Dormammu existed, the multiverse exists. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Shredder becomes guy. the Green Ranger in the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover. What the fuck? <laughs> God, my nose bled just reading that. Hold on. Uh, uh, mustard, please. <laughs> Man, my brain hurt. A game turn, <laughs> a game changing <laughs> turn of events will see the villainous Shredder don the mantle of the Green Ranger to become the Green Ranger Shredder in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. IGN has your first look at artist Simone de uh, Miao's, I guess, character design for the brown new villain. Brand, brand new villain, not brand, brown, sorry. Brand, <laughs> brand new villain along with the Blue Ranger variant covers for the upcoming issue. I don't understand what I just read. <laughs> this whole thing is just... Look at that. That, that's, that's horrible. That's uh, Donny. Really? Leo? Mikey? Raph? So we don't really have a we have a concept art, which is really not that good. Hmm. I've seen better fen art. I will admit that's interesting though. And they're all blue. Well they're all, all the holding blue the blue ranger. ranger, yeah. Uh this crossover series from Boom Studios sees the Power Rangers battle and eventually team up with the Ninja Turtles. The series is written by Ryan Parrott, uh, illustrated by Simone DeMio, colored by Walter Bayamont, and lettered by uh, Ed Dukeshire. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three releases on February 5th. So, I mean, <laughs> when all this fails uh, <laughs> to, a, to a crossover. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, the top ten most prestigious anime crossovers. <laughs> I have no interest in this. What about you guys? Fuck no, dude. Why would I? So weird. But it's definitely something we didn't expect. I'll give him that. Is Super Shredder gonna drink Shredder juice and became? Wait, no. Is Shredder gonna drink Shredder juice and become Super Shredder? Why not? That's a fucking tongue twister. Say that again. <laughs> is Shredder gonna drink Shredder juice and become Super Shredder? Write that down. We're putting that on the goddamn. We're putting it on online. Somebody's gotta make that. A, that's a tongue twist. I'm not even gonna attempt. Okay. Is Shredder gonna drink Shredder juice is and Shredder become Super drink Shredder? Shredder juice and become Super Shredder? <laughs> is Shredder gonna drink? Is Shredder gonna drink Shredder juice and become Super Shredder? You see, you see what I mean? <laughs> is Shredder, Shredder gonna, gonna drink sh Shredder juice and become? Shredder gonna drink shredded. Fuck! Oh my god! One more time, one more time. Pause. Go breathe. Shredder gonna drink shredder juice and become super shredder. There, there, yeah. Welcome to the club, dead man. I'm bleeding. Here's your chocolate milk. No, I'm like this intolerant. Anyways, let's dead that. That is the wrong. Let's dead that and move on. Jesus, you broke my fucking brain, bro. Is Shredder gonna drink Shredder just become Shut Shredder? Shut up! <laughs> right? 
We have a new number one. <laughs> it's Bosey. Bosey's back up. Bosey's back. <laughs> Yay! Mariah went to the ocean for her hibernation. <laughs> All right, she's like, I'll let you have this one now. Oh, I, I just, I just want to find a, I, I want to find the sound effect of the carbonite. You know. <laughs> In Empire, when they freeze Han Solo, I want to hear. I want to get that sound effect. And every time we talk about Mariah being frozen, I want to just play that sound effect. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck you! I thought it was funny. Uh, Circles by Post Malone is back up to number one. Memories by Maroon Five is number two. The Box by Roddy Rich uh, is number three. Some you love, Louis Capaldi, Roxanne, Good as Hell, and Dance Monkey. Uh, highest in the room by Travis Scott for some fucking reason is still number in the top 10. Where was he last week? He was 38. Why is that back? Go, <laughs> go away. Go and away. Mariah goes to her slumber waiting <laughs> for the for the next seven virgins to be gathered and slaughtered. Not again. Uh, again. She's not even on the she's not even on the She spot. must drink their blood oh, and gain from it. So we emerge. Next Christmas season. <laughs> he just pressed uh, up the record himself, after all. What? He has, he has, never, heard, he has never read the scripture? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a script. <laughs> 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 so that's cool. We've played Circles before, so we're not going to play it again. But welcome back, Posty. We're this is when you run in circles. Let's... <laughs> I can't do it. I love that song. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right. Speaking of charity and someone who needs it right now, Coldplay says they have no aspirations left and views their music as a service. Our job is to translate the songs that we receive and get out there and be of use to people if they want it. Uh, so just break wow, up. Wow, he's well, he just dead inside, isn't he? Just right? fucking break up, dude. <laughs> Uh, Coldplay's Chris Martin says that the band has achieved all of their aims and that they now view themselves as simply a service. The band released their eighth studio album, Everyday Life, last November and headlined Glastonbury for a record fourth time in 2016, the same year they performed the prestigious Super Bowl halftime show. Speaking to Q Magazines, Martin said that after the band's last tour, it was like, okay, we've got, we've got to that place, we've got to that job description, now what are we going to do with it? He went on to say there's nothing left in terms of career aspirations that our job is to translate the songs we receive and get out there and be used of service if they want it. Uh, we've got to be a service, like a TV station or a tap. Good I, God. That is bleak. That's so sad. That is so sad. That is so sad. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, you know, we just we started this band to have a dream, and now we just get played at Target all the time, and I'm I'm good with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You know what I mean? Like that's essentially what happened. That, that's that. You're right, though. That is sad. That is, uh, so fucking sad. These guys have raised millions and millions of dollars for charity. These guys have oh, yeah. raised awareness. Uh, uh, for wells and water in Africa and women's rights in Africa, these guys have done a lot. And for literally, they bless the rains down in Africa. They bless the rains down in Africa. And for, yeah, like <laughs> it, was, it was, it was necessary. We're good. Uh, sorry, no, right? sorry. For them to be just relegated like this, it's it's kind of hard. 
But they're doing it to themselves, though. Yeah. You literally throw up a towel and go, oh, there's nothing much we can do anymore. We're... Uh, look at fucking Paul McCartney, dude. Paul McCartney, that's a man who has achieved everything musical. He's still going. He still makes music. He still goes on tour. What the fuck is this guy's excuse? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe he has an know. evil streak or something. I don't agree. How about that? <laughs> I disagree with you, sir. Uh, in more recent news, speaking of bleak, let's keep the sad streak going. We say goodbye to the greatest rock drummer in history. Goodbye, Neil Peart. Uh, we lost him just recently to cancer, I believe it was. Yeah, he had brain cancer. He had brain cancer. He has officially passed away uh, on January <clears throat> 7th. Goodbye, old friend. Thank you for the music. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's much else we can say, but thank you for everything. Thank you for setting a standard that almost nobody oh, yeah. we know will ever meet. Pretty much. See, we always talked about Neil Perr. We're like, dude, this guy's an asshole. And we're like, why? Because he makes a song complicated. And then we're like, <laughs> okay, but does he make a song complicated because it has to be? Or does he just make a song complicated because he just, he fucking can't? And I'm like, it's a little bit of both. I was going to say, the answer is yes. Alright. Well, you hear hear a lot of hold on. You hear about a lot of like drummers who make who try and make complicated songs for the sake of them being complicated, and half the time they can't even play their own shit. You know what I mean? Like Joey. Joey who? Uh, from Slipknot. No, 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 no. He's in the good corner. Or do you mean Travis Barker? He's also in the good corner. Really? Because I've seen him trip over his own blast beats. Well, yeah, that's just because he was probably like under the influence at some time. You know, it happens to all of us. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Let me give you a good example. Okay, uh, the drummer from the drummer from uh, Dragon Force. Oh yeah. Okay. That type of shit, where he doesn't even—it's not even—he doesn't—he's not even playing the same fucking songs live. You know? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're, I know the—I know the—I even know the trip up you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the video that like, came out like four years ago. Yeah, where it's like, what the fuck are they playing, dude? Like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of noises. Like everybody else <laughs> is on. Everybody else is on beat on stage, and he's the one that's. Everybody's like looking back, going. I don't think he knows you know? the song. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Neil Peart, Neil Peart was just a, a gift to music. So, uh, I'm sorry. You had last. So, uh, DJ, please. I'm not physically or musically capable, but but thanks for the offer. Said Dave Ghoul? Is that what you pronounce that? Ghoul? Gull? Growl. 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 All right, said said Dave. When it was suggested, <laughs> when it was suggested, he replaced Neil Peart in Rush after the legendary drummer, who died after a three-year battle with brain cancer on January seventh, retired from the group in two thousand fifteen. That's a whole other animal. Say, Grawl could another species of drummer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, really Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl get is one hell of a motherfucker when it comes to, to drumming. Like, we all know him as a guitar, a guitarist and a singer, uh, but for, first and foremost, <clears throat> he is a drummer. He looks exactly like the drummer from Nirvana, dude. He looks exactly like him. Like, ex- like if you put a picture of them two together, it's weird. Are they are they the same person? Uh, I don't know. We don't have the time to delve into it. Uh, go ahead, mustard, please. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna do the bit. There, there can be no greater testament and tribute that to is the bit <laughs> to Pert's mastery of his art than one of his best drummers in the world, considering himself so far his inferior. Pert was nicknamed the Professor thanks to his meticulous, intricate firebrand drum work and all manner of exotic time signatures, which was key in making Rush one of the most renowned bands of classic rock, inspired countless drummers to take the sticks in awe of his skills. This person does not know what a run-on sentence is. That... Okay, he also doesn't know how to start a sentence. That he was also the band's primary lyricist developing his themes of fantasy science fiction and mythology to take in philosophy and humanitarian issues over the decades added to his standing as one of the most talented backbones in rock that's that article this article do, do they do they just like okay do they just like grab people off the fucking street like hey do you have a do you have a fucking associates in liberal arts and writing well, yes, I do. You want to come write for us? I don't even think it's that complicated. Hey, do you know how to operate a keyboard? Uh, you mean like the what? one on my phone? Get in this office. <laughs> you know, like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Anyways. Like make seven figures. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah Neil Pert essentially <laughs> is Rush. Was. No, he still is. And we're not going to go into, uh, we're not going to go into his whole, uh, we're not going to go into his whole discography and everything here. We will say that thank you, Neil, for setting a standard of rock that we have yet to see again in music. And thank you for being such a chill fucking cat. Honestly, I- I've never heard a single ill tale about Neil Peart. What about you? Nope. Negative. So, goodbye, Neil. Thank you for everything. Rest in peace, man. Uh, speaking of dead rock stars, Prince is getting an all-star Grammy tribute concert. Alicia Keys, John Legend, Usher, the Foo Fighters, and Beck set to perform with musical director Sheila E. Um, while this is interesting, I have zero fucking interest in it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, too. I was like, man. Yeah, it's like one of those, you know what, Glad is having this tribute, but. We know how great Prince is already. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I would be a lot more interested if I saw one name on here. Just one. Well, okay, hold on. What would be the name that would make this interesting for you guys? If you saw it on that screen, what would be the name? Because I have mine. Bob Seger. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, dude? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hmm. Snoop Dog. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Fuck, that is a good one. Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, if there was one name on that list, I'd be so much more interested. Marilyn Manson. Eh, that's a reach. Little known fact, they were friends. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't know about music, you know. Dude, have you heard some of the covers that he's been doing of like 80 shit lately? Have you seen, have you heard Cry Little Sister? Yeah, you made me listen to it like four times. I figured I was drunk. <laughs> so that's what we're playing at the end of the show. I'm sober now. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't stop. No. <laughs> I'm a dirty old man on the internet. <laughs> I'm a dirty old man on the internet. You can't stop. No one can stop me. Uh, how music copyright lawsuits are scaring away new hits. We've talked about this. We've talked about uh, um, Taylor Swift and all this other stuff. We also know that Cardi B would not be anywhere near she where she is had she not paid to have her songs played and preferred on the radio. So this is nothing new. Well, you can do that. You're not supposed to. It's actually illegal. But mm. Cardi B has been on tape, uh, on on videotape, on on video, on lives, actually admitting that uh, she paid for her songs to be uh, <clears throat> fucking preferred and played. So that's the reason we hear Cardi B so much is because she paid for airtime. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's the reason we hear like so many of these. That's why all these pop stars are uh, are repeated so much is because they fucking pay for it. So this is um. Plus, we we also on this show talked about what was it Led Zeppelin, right? Oh, the copyright thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is this is nothing new. Uh, scaring away new hits? Uh, no. 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 Well, no. here's the thing. You know, artists nowadays sample everything from everything and nothing is original. Well, that's, that's fucking been the case forever. That's, that's why I know. That's what I'm trying to Zeppelin say. Shit existed from the 60s. Well, yeah, they literally sampled it, but they played it themselves. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very complicated sample. <laughs> is it a is it an acoustic sample? <laughs> um, but you have I don't know, man. You just you have a bunch of artists that try to take little bits and riffs and melodies from here and there, and then not not have any consequences of it. And I, I kind of agree, honestly. I I can't agree with this. I can't. And here I guess why. it just depends on like uh, like how much of it is taken, you know. Well, I mean, we all three of us have played music, and all three of us have gotten paid to play music. Here's the issue. Here's the issue, and this is why I can't fucking agree with this. Uh, right now, it is a billion times easier to make your own music, distribute it yourself, and make your own money. There is no music industry involved there is no uh record executives trying to fuck you trying to get deals out of you trying to to to, to rope you into a, a six uh, a six album contract none of that exists right now no that's all gone that's all relegated to the past the reason we're not we're not hearing new hits is because we have people like fiddler and yes i am going to use fiddler because i like them and they are monumentously popular and you know what they aren't 
They aren't fucking commercial. Sellouts. They aren't commercial. Yeah. <clears throat> like, they don't get played on the radio. <laughs> no. Oh, well, in GTA, they do. But no, in GTA, they do. Yes, yes, yes. But they don't They don't get played on KLAQ. They don't, they don't no. get played on, on fucking the Bob and Tom show. They, on fucking NPR. N- no. No, they don't. And, and, and they are massive they're huge they're 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 okay with it most importantly yeah so the idea that that oh copyright lawsuits are scaring away new hits no no the industry itself is scaring away new artists that's true there is there's a guy on tiktok right now that made a a a a 30 second little clip it's literally just a little 30 second clip of him just singing some random lyrics and a little beat he did that dude got so popular that everybody on his on the app demanded he make a full fucking song and put it on SoundCloud. That guy has no agent. He has no lawyers. He has no no fucking radio to answer to. This dude just just put a little fifteen second clip. Everybody thought he was so talented that he made it a full song, and now he's getting paid to 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 do music. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I know how that works, buddy. Well, I know you do more than all of us, but the idea, that, but that, that's what I'm saying is that no, no, lawsuits aren't scaring away new hits. The the industry is scaring away new artists. Deej, weigh in on this, man. You've been way too quiet. Uh, there's not much to weigh. You know, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, I understand uh, Dead Man. I'm just curious about uh, Mustard's uh, point of view right now. Okay. Well, I agree, man. Like the whole uh, like defining your own success thing is kind of a really big stress on artists, you know. And when you're up against a titan of industry such as music, and like how hard it is to actually get a fucking leg in, um, yeah, it gets pretty intimidating. But that's when you, as an artist, kind of have to, like, like I said, define your own success. And be like, what? What is gonna make me happy? That doesn't have to do with, you know, commercial and and fame and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, what what can I do for myself that's gonna be like, okay, I can live with this. You know, like I got to that point. Like I I didn't get rich or famous or anything, but I made an impact in people's lives, and I know that I did, and I that's good enough for me, really. I don't give a fuck about you know getting played on the radio or anything. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, also, you, 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 you are the were in the most popular band in all of El Paso's history, so. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I get, I, I get, I get like the whole industry scaring people off because it happened to me, it happened to us, and it just comes to a point where you're just like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, so this, this is bullshit, and Rolling Stone should be. That, that's what we're here for. We're a nobody podcast, but we're still taking them to task for this. Um, so come on, uh, Deej, come on. Uh, no, I, I I agree. You know, I mean, in the end, in, in absolute ends, you know, it's it's the industry. You know, they either have to find a way to adapt, or this is what's going to happen. You know, more and more hits is going to is going to uh, sweep right by them, and uh, there'll be nothing. You know, there'll be nothing they can do about it. I mean. We've gotten to the point where people can, you know, we, we got to a point where it's a lot easier to self-promote as compared to like, you know, the 80s 
or the 70s or, or whatever. Even the 90s. You know, because everyone is like, you know, through social media, through, you know, <clears throat> everyone's connected in through some way. Yeah, you don't need the guy with the sunglasses and the cigar. We're going to make big bucks, kid, big bucks. You hear me? No, which, like, no you don't fucking need that anymore. By yeah, the way, can, which one of you is pink? Anyways. You know, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can literally just go off on your own and literally do your own thing. You yeah. Know, you can be your own boss completely. You know, handle, handle things the way you want to. And the industry, well... They have to find a way to adapt. That's just basically all it is. I will admit, though, taking on a trope like that on your own as an individual group with no experience in promotion and management, it actually is pretty fucking tough. Because like you get you get kind of you get kind of roped into things that you didn't really want to do, and it happened to me. It happened to me as well. Like, um, like without a booking management or agent or something, like we we got told to play a lot of shows that we didn't really fucking want to, but we had to say yes to because we felt bad. You know, we needed that. We needed that management to be like, uh, no, that's not worth your time. You know, <laughs> we needed that, but we didn't have it. So I kind of understand that too. Yeah, no, of course, of course, this all comes with uh, this all comes with issues. But yeah, this uh, this this yeah. whole this whole concept is just this is wrong. This is just categorically wrong. So moving on from that, though, we do have an article brought to us. Um, uh, music radar wants to know your location. No. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? Okay. Uh, after all the SJW shit we saw uh, last episode, need a uh, quick palate cleanser. Need a little bit of a palate cleanser, and this is kind of cool because this is also something that has been considered more of a boys' club, and it never has been. Uh, because we know we know a lot of numbers, and we, we could run by the numbers, but this is actually really cool. Fender to introduce more signature models for female artists in 2020 than ever before. CEO Andy Mooney confirms a range of artists' guitarists will be released, the most in its entire 70-year history. Hmm. Isn't that cool? It is. Uh, so Fender's current roster of signature artists currently dominated by males, but in 2020, that has had to change. Uh, I hate when they. I hate when they start a fucking article like that. It's currently dominated by males. It's not. It's not. Well, actually, I don't know because there aren't. There are not many signature female guitarists like right now that you can find. There's only like a couple, maybe like four or five. Well, I mean, like even if even if we went by that, uh, you know, even if we went by that metric, we can we can recognize female guitarists uh, from Pat Benatar. Uh, you know, what's her name from Michael Jackson? I just had her name. Jesus, that's going to haunt me. Dead air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pat Benatar. Uh, what was you already said her. Uh, from uh, from uh, Repo, the genetic opera. What was her name? Uh, Joan Jett. Joan Jett, thank you. God damn Fucking it. moron. I know, like, I had all these female artists lined up, and now that I'm trying to name them, my brain was like, I'm just gonna toss that fucking list. So. You just yes. proved their point, dead man. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so. <laughs> Courtney Love to some extent. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Alright, Mustard. Uh, the girl no. from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. 
<clears throat> Our friends at Guitar World asked Mooney how Fender is reaching out and, re and recognizing, spelled wrong, recognizing female guitar players, especially considering its claim in 2018 that half of all new guitar players are female. That was a big aha for us when we did the research, Mooney told Guitar World. 45% of the guitars we sell every year go to first-time players, and half of those first-time players were women. That was a shocker. But part of why I think we didn't realize it and didn't have the visibility to it was A, women were, op were opting more often to buy an acoustic guitar than an electric guitar for the first guitar, okay? And B, they were more likely to buy online than in a traditional store. And I think we'd all agree that a guitar stores can be intimidating venues for a beginner player. And even more so, I think, for women because of lack of female sales associates. Uh, you well, know, you know, like, he's putting it, he's putting it in dangerous little you know little terms, but I can't actually disagree with any of it. Yeah, me neither, because yeah. it's it's very true. Like I said, he's putting it in a little bit in a little bit dangerously, but he's putting it a little bit. He's well, this is part of a press release, so of course this is going to be very political, uh, the way he awards things. But I can't disagree with a single point. Um, by the way, if you are looking into playing guitar or going into guitar, your first guitar should be an acoustic guitar. That's don't ever put like should be has to be bullshit on person's artistic fucking ventures. Okay, you can fucking play whatever you want. I guess I'm a traditionalist in that sense, but you are correct. Um, so that insight fundamentally changed what we did in artist relations and then product development from the point of view of developing signature. What the, f this guy has so much double speak. <laughs> we'll introduce more signature guitars for female artists next year than we've done in our entire 70 year history, a very broad range of genres and personalities. So we're excited. Oh, look at that. That's Samantha fish. She has a Jaguar. I have one. Yeah, so Samantha Fish was one of the names on my... Oh, hey, it is! Look, look, look! <laughs> yeah? Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, Deej, please. This is welcome news indeed. When you consider the few Fender signature guitars for female artists released over the over the years. These include the, the Bonnie Rat uh, Strat, uh, Stratocaster. Is that right? Bonnie Rat Stratocaster. Yeah, all oh, right. Mostly got it. <laughs> Avril Levine. She's still around? I don't know. No. The Avril Levine Squirrel uh, Telecast and the New Porter Acoustic. The Mary Kay Stratocaster. Woo, got it this time. It's the first custom Strat. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. All the... <laughs> okay. But, is this like speaking another language to you? Yeah. Strat. Strat. He's a bassist, remember. He's used to Jazz Master and <laughs> P bass and nothing complicated. Hey, my technique's low and smooth. <laughs> All right, for... da, 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 da. Okay. Guitar, uh, Guitar World has drawn up an impressive list of candidates who could inspire some great signature models next year. And we'd love to see, uh, see at least a few surface in 2020 at January's NAM show. All right, so, wow, look at that, okay. So let's take a look at this. The Samantha Fish Jazzmaster, Sudan Tedeschi Stratocaster, Anna Calvi Telecaster, Courtney Barnett Jaguar Telecaster. Ooh, that's going to be a hybrid. Uh, oh! 
Anna Popovic, Stratocaster, Melon Moy, Stratocaster, Lindsay Jordan, a.k.a. Snailman, Emma Jaguar, wow. uh, Gina Gleason, wow, Melanie Fay, uh, Stratocaster, Emily Kokel, uh, Teresa Wayman, uh, Ellie Roswell, that's another big name, Emma Ruth Bundle, a baritone Jaguar, look at that dude. Dude, that's fucking sick. I actually saw her in con- and I've met her. And I totally had a fucking Michael Scott moment with her. It was terrible. It was fucking terrible. Sarah Lipstate, Jazz Master, Carrie, Carrie Brownstein, Thin Line Telecaster, and a Mary Stern Jazz Master. A lot of a lot of offset bodies. Offsets. Fuck yeah, dude. That's sick. I have fuck. That makes me so fucking happy. Tell fuck everybody you, why Stratcaster. that. <laughs> Tell everybody why that makes you happy. Because I own an offset. My dream guitar is an offset. See the guitar she's holding right now is a humbucker Jaguar. I have one of those. Best guitar in the world. My fucking favorite guitar. The love of my life. Yes. Okay. So this no, is no, really okay. Cool. <laughs> okay, well, if you really want me to get into it, like offset guitars are like basically made for jazz and surf music and they became uh quote-unquote increasingly popularity with like grunge acts in the 90s such as sonic youth and nirvana okay mm-hmm. oh, no so, it's, it's, not, it's not just that it's the idea that you know there's there's a just like the cutaways on a guitar, all of them have purpose and so does everything on these offset guitars which usually have uh, stranger than normal controls and uh, their necks are a little bit shorter and thicker even though they're not meant to handle 12s some some people do have put 12s on them 12s are the are the the gauge of string which is really really doing? heavy <laughs> yeah you learned your lesson <laughs> i put 11s now not 12s <laughs> you want to tell everybody about that fail yeah so like when i first got the guitar um every every video that i uh, viewed on it was like yeah you can put thicker gauge strings on it because it's a short scale and the tension on the strings is less so you'll be fine so I was like yeah fuck it so I put some fucking round wire 12 gauge <laughs> but who no, did you talk flat, to flat wound 12 gauge jazz strings on this fucking thing and my brother told me not to do it but I did it anyways and uh yeah I bowed the fuck out of the neck like, I bent it. I bent the neck so bad. And, like, I had to go get it readjusted because of what I did. And even the guitar tech was like, don't do that again. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't, I don't know where this idea came from. And it's just really bad, musically speaking. Anyways, I believe that about wraps us up. So, DJ, rev it up. Tell us where to do it. In the butt. Damn it. You expecting something else? Yes. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, VT Network proudly presents to you its awesome, pure, uncut merchandise. <laughs> That's right. Straight from Columbia. You oh. can't get better than this. You see, we had to ship this merchandise across borders through uh, semi-legal means, but we were willing to do that for you. 
Now, what can you get that is absolutely pure and just absolutely take you to places that you would never dream in your wildest uh, fantasies? Well, all you have to do is go to www.teespring.com forward slash shop forward slash VT network. And there you will get very, very special merchandise. Mm. We have t-shirts. We have socks. We have hoodies. We have cell phone cases. We have pillows. We have stickers and a whole lot more. And if you order right now, you'll get a very special bonus. Something though that goes great with coffee. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, with wow. every single sip of cup, you can be you can be wearing a nice t-shirt. That's right, get your minds out of the gutter. I was talking about clothing and merchandise here. Oh god. Damn it. So remember, please support the channel so we may grow. After all, there are people we have to pay. We have to, we have to pay off, and uh, shipping is not free. And we have families, so uh, please buy our merchandise. It's for a good cause. <laughs> remember, that's www.com. That's where to www. find us. www.teespring.com. Hell yeah. Forward slash shop, forward slash VT network. Gotta love those dot coms. So, uh, Mustard, tell them where to talk to us, please. All right. Well, if you're ever interested in uh, contacting us via social media, like a normal, uh, you know, like a normal human being in the 21st century, um, you can contact us on Twitter at VT Network and the number two. Um, you can contact us uh, also on Facebook, uh, VT Network, and the number two. And then we have an email, which you can, uh, you know, forward all your, you submit all your questions and complaints. Tell Dead Man he's a cuck, and as always, let him know that Division and Destiny are the same ah. game. And um, yeah, we will. Uh, obviously, we don't really get much mail, so we'll be probably responding pretty quick so yeah if you ever want to get a hold of us that's how you do it pretty easy to find and your stream uh yeah i stream on mixer um mondays wednesdays and fridays 2 p.m to 4 p.m mountain time uh colonel mustard is the name first l and colonel is an i and uh yeah we play we play a bunch of shit uh we play like gta some cod some rainbow like play a little bit of everything Zoo Tycoon. And I keep forgetting fucking Zoo Tycoon, man. Yeah, anyways. So thank you very much to Paul Schroyer. Thank you very much to the Magic Squirrel Network. Uh, thank you all for listening. And our Patreon is up, goddammit. That is patreon.com forward slash VT Network. And we do have four Patreons. And they are all on the airstrike tier. So... They get their names read aloud. So thank you to Lofus. Thank you to the podcast daddy. Thank you to a grave robber or Chris Hengel. Uh, and thank you to Susan the Marshmallow. Susan the Marshmallow. For some reason that came out weird. <laughs> thank you all very much. Our tiers are very specific about what you get. We finally narrowed it all down. So our first blood tier is your name of choosing in the credits of every episode. Our UAV tier, which is $3. Our first blood is $1. Uh, our $3 tier is name of choosing in the credits of every episode underneath it. And the access to the post show that I release every Wednesday. And right now, all of our post shows are up. 
So if you want more content, uh, we get a little bit more raw in the post show. Please check that out. Our $5 tier, which is the airstrike tier, which is currently four members, is access to the monthly movie roast, access to the post show every Wednesday, their name read at the end of the episode, just like they did right now, uh, their name of choosing, and they get stickers every month, which we're going to be working on very, very, very soon. And we have a special giveaway every three months. Uh, what that giveaway is, it's, it's, a, it's a surprise. We're going to be working on it. Could that. be anything. We're going to send you mustard, is what it is. My nudes. No, just, just mustard. <laughs> Ship him like a rabid cat. So, thank you again, everybody, for uh, tuning in, for sharing us. Um, really thank you to our Patreons, and please consider joining our Patreon. The post show itself is worth it. <laughs> the, movie, the movie stuff will be uh, up on the site very, very soon. So, mm -hmm. with all that said, say goodnight, DJ. Goodnight, DJ. Do you like zombies, video games, and risking your life from the comfort of your own home? Then tune in to Ashley's Zombies, Saturdays, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, only on Magic Squirrel Network.